0: friends welcome to sky house herbs podcast I'm Ashley Ellen Voss, a clinical herbalist and in this space I share my knowledge and experience with plant medicine to help you on your own journey of healing and transformation join me in exploring the ancient wisdom of plant spirit medicine and how it can be used to heal the body mind and spirit we'll talk to experts in the field and share stories from people who've been transformed by powerful plant allies New episodes are released each Monday, so please subscribe. And now, let's explore this mystical world of plant medicine together. Hey, everyone. Welcome in. Today, we're going to be talking about herbs that will help you let go and a bigger conversation about what letting go is and why it might be important. Another thing I want to talk about is how this shows up in the body. Like, what happens when we're not letting go? How does that manifest through different symptoms. So I'm excited, I brought in a few plants from the garden. I just went out and harvested a few to share with you uh, because I think sometimes seeing the herbs can be really helpful. That can be a nice way of connecting with the plants and that way when you're out and about, you might recognize them as you're walking by. Today's discussion of Letting Go is brought to you courtesy of the 12 Steps, (laughs) which uh, both myself and my husband have been working through through Al-Anon, which is a support group. It's a 12-step group for people who have family or friends who uh, are suffering from the disease of alcoholism. So I've been in Al-Anon for about three years now. And it has been such a life changer, mostly because of the concept of letting go. And for people who grew up in alcoholic households or maybe have been around addiction, one of the ways that we often cope is through controlling behavior. And often it's by trying to control the person with the disease or trying to control everything in your life, kind of hypervigilance, because what happens when we are not feeling like we are in control is that we feel scared and we feel a lot of fear and we feel unsafe. And that's normal. That's a very normal, healthy response to an environment where there's addiction and chaos. So maybe you didn't grow up with addiction, but maybe there was some sort of family dysfunction in your household. It could be workaholism. There's so many isms and issues that are just human. It, it, you know, most of us didn't grow up. I don't think any of us grew up in like the ideal household. I don't think there's any perfect family. So whatever the dysfunction might be, there's often similar ways that children respond. And a lot of this I've been learning through reading a book called, um, children of emotionally. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to butcher the name. Um, emotionally immature parents, something along the lines of that. Uh, I'll include a link in the description on my YouTube page if you want to check out that book. But it's been really helpful just to understand how the ways children respond to environments that are maybe not as supportive as they needed. And I think that's true for a lot of people. And um, and that's okay. <laughs> I'm learning more and more. Like, it's totally okay to be messed up. <laughs> and, And, uh, you know, it's actually more okay than we think. However, we can do a lot of things to remediate and to help us grow beyond a lot of the behaviors we learned or that we used that originally kept kept us safe and happy, but maybe are now no longer helping us. So I want to talk about that. I want to talk in particular about letting go, about control, because that is one of the most common patterns that we see in the way people cope with stress and chaos. Why do we hold on? Why do do so many of us have a hard time letting go? And what does letting go even mean, right? Like I remember when I heard like let go and let God, it's like, well, what am I letting go of? And how do I know that God has it? (laughs) And therein was the first clue that I was struggling with control issues, But I think what we're really looking for when we say let go and let God is that we understand that we are not in the center of the universe, that the world doesn't evolve or evolve, evolve or revolve, probably more likely revolve around us. Or the world is not evolving through us. We're not in control of evolving other people. (laughs) That's a common one, right? Um, Especially here in the wellness world, we're all like, I can fix this, I can fix you. But the bigger problem is that if we don't understand our place among all things, and I love the way Mary Oliver, the poet says, you know, to really find our, our place in the family of all things, that we're all interconnected, we're all related But we're among others. We're not in the middle of or in control of others. So I think what my hope is for today's talk is to give you some ideas and maybe some symptoms that might be showing up and some ways of thinking about letting go and letting God come in that might provide some relief. So let's start with some of the symptoms that can show up in the body. And when we think about people that are controlling that are holding on, there's often rigidity in the muscles, especially in the neck and in the jaw. It's people tend to hold a lot of tension here. So if you're the type of person who tends to get a lot of tension in the body, that's a sign that you're holding on. It may be a sign that you're gripping and trying to control things too much. Another one is constipation. And yes, this can certainly be because of your diet. Maybe you're not eating enough fiber. Maybe you're not drinking enough water. But if you've dealt with chronic constipation most of your life, or it's a pattern that gets worse with stress, it can likely be attributed to tension in the body and holding on. And as children, it's really interesting because children become constipated usually because of fear. And if you've are familiar with the chakra system. That's all the first chakra stuff. It's all about base security, having your survival needs met. And if there is fear or chaos in the environment, if you don't feel loved and supported so that your nervous system can relax, then often what babies will do and children will do is a hold on. And they'll seek for the things they can control, and that can be food. I don't like this. That's yucky. I won't eat this. Only mac and cheese, or whatever the child might do. And it can also be holding on to the bowels, because think about it too. Survive in 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 the in nature to to sit and have a poop is a very vulnerable place to be. I, I'm thinking about our small dog who would like you know she's like her nervous system. She was wired so tight and very anxious. And so she would just look around and it would take her 20 minutes to poop because she was constantly on the lookout for whatever it could be. And it was never, there was never anything, maybe a bird or a car drove by and then she'd freak out. And then another 20 minutes, she'd have to reset to let herself go. And and I know that's sort of an extreme example, but humans do the same thing where if we don't feel like our environment is safe enough to just really let that root chakra, to let the bowels relax, to let things go we will hold on to that and it might it's it's probably not conscious control you're not thinking to yourself i'm going to hold on to this poop because darn it no one can take that away from me that's probably not what you're thinking or the body is even thinking it's a, it's much more subtle than that and it's are things safe am i okay can i let this go if i let this go will there be more And so security is such an underlying issue when it comes to the bowels and it comes to that tension that can cause constipation. So if you struggle with any of those patterns or thoughts, then some of these practices might be helpful for you. Um, Another one is circulation our blood has to circulate through our body. And in order for there to be equal and easy flow, there has to be relaxation in the arteries and in the capillaries, and even in the veins that draw the blood back to the heart. There has to be enough tension and enough relaxation. So if you tend to be more on the tense side, that can also inhibit the way our blood circulates. You might be more prone to cold hands and feet, a cold nose, um, you might have issues with, um, you know, uh, tension in your hands or getting uh, hand or foot cramps because of lack of circulation, and so that can also be a sign that you're bring you're you know you're holding all of your blood in the center of your body, near your heart, near your vital organs, because maybe it's not safe to give the rest of your body that freedom. And that can also be seen in posture. We can see people's spines sort of rounded inward, protecting the heart, the shoulders rounded in, and everything bringing itself inward to protect the vital organs. And that, again, is usually not conscious, but it can be unconscious. And especially for people that are, they find security in their mobile device. So, you know, we we call it text neck, where the neck is jutted forward because their head is forward and they're looking at their phone and they're looking down. And that whole position causes long-term problems for the spine, for the heart, for the lungs, all of those, which need lots of space. And this was one of the reasons when I taught yoga for so many years and owned our yoga studio, I would teach backbends, like lots of backbends because of this tendency for people to be closed down in the front body. So we need to do things like chest openers and backbends to open all of that up. So posture is certainly one place that we can see this. So what happens, We know, what do we do if we see these patterns in our body? If we see these patterns in our body, if we recognize some of these patterns in our psyche of holding on, controlling, having a hard time relaxing, having a hard time being vulnerable and opening up to other people, then the first thing we can do is say, what am I afraid of? You know, and and I, I know for me personally, I was afraid of losing myself or getting lost. You know, there was this ten underlying tension that drove everything I did, which was if I slow down or if I relax, or if I open up, I'm going to lose the track I was on that was keeping me safe. I'm going to forget something and then it's going to be catastrophic and I'll lose everything. Or if I, you know, if I don't keep myself in a very, controlled space, something else will influence me and take me away from this thing that I found that's really good. It was, it was fear. It was, it was a lot of fear and fear of losing what I had. And the problem is that if we're in a state where we're not happy, like, you know, truly happy, like really tuned into ourselves and, and, you know, if we can say, I'm not, I'm not feeling my best. I know, that I'm holding on too much. I know that I could be more loving. I could be happier. I could feel more connection with people. But that if we can say that, then we can know that there is some part of us that needs to change. And this is why I love Al Anon and I love the 12 steps so much is that it, you know, re- we always bring the focus back to ourselves. You know, you can't control someone else's behavior. You can't cure them. You didn't cause whatever their problem was none of that is is in, is in your wheelhouse. All you can do is manage what's in the hula hoop around you. It's like if it's not, if you put a hula hoop on and if it's not in that range, it's not your problem. <laughs> now, that doesn't mean you don't love other people and care for other people. Absolutely. But what you can control and manage is really only within that hula hoop. So, why are you constricted? What are you afraid of? Good questions to ask, great questions to bring into a journaling session. Great questions to bring into an art session, sitting down with some markers or colored pencils or paint. What am I afraid of? What am I afraid of, afraid of losing? And that can be a great way to get you thinking about what are the things that are holding you back? Why are you holding on so tight? And I was talking about this with my husband in, in our latest Al Anon group meeting, which is, um, you know, the symptoms that we experience, including addiction, are pointing back to a deeper issue. So I would say that all addiction, whether it's addiction to food, addiction to alcohol, addiction to sex, addiction to, you know, fill in the blank, the addiction is a symptom. Of some underlying issue something that's even deeper than that even if you fix and manage your your food and you get on the right diet and you're counting your calories well what caused that imbalance in the first place you know let's say you do the 12 steps and or let's say you want to get sober you've you're drinking too much you're um taking too much caffeine or you're using uh, depressant nervous system depressants maybe you've been using heroin or cocaine the cocaine and the heroin, yes, they're part of the problem, but they're not the problem. The problem is often that we have disconnected from a higher self, that we are managing likely our fear. We are managing our feelings of insecurity and lack of control with a substance or with an object or with a person. So if we can get back to where do we rightly place our trust and our faith? Where do we rightly place our attention? That can bring us back into harmony with all of those substances. Now I'm not saying like, you know, you should just continue using your cocaine or smoking your marijuana if it's if it's a problem for you. No, no, no. I'm saying that you can place cannabis, the plant, in its proper place when you're seated in your proper place. And for a lot of us, it's, you sit over there, good friend, I see you. Thanks for your support when I needed it, but not anymore. I don't need you anymore because I'm seated in my seat of power and my seat of power has a higher authority and that is a loving God. That is a higher power who I can talk to, who I love, who trusts me, who ultimately has my best interests in mind. And for those of you who are listening where the word God is maybe a trigger or you're like, I don't like this, feels uncomfortable, I, you know, it, the God of – I like that Elenon really – this really helped me because I also am a recovering Catholic, so I had a really negative experience with Catholicism growing up. So for me, the idea of the God of my understanding – And for me, it's been nature. It's like, oh, if I forget God, I just have to step outside because God is not the trees, the plants, the birds. I can see God in everything. It's really hard for me to see God in myself when I'm really in a low place, but I can see God in nature. And so that was, that's how it started for me with the God of my understanding. And then slowly it's gotten to be for me personally, a more holistic idea of God as a of, as an energy that I can relate to and connect to personally, which was very radical. You know, the practice of bhakti yoga really helped me personally be able to make that leap from an impersonal God, God is everywhere, to know God, it's you there. And I'm going to talk to you and ask you for help. And you're both impersonal and personal at the same time. So, um, again, I hope this isn't confusing you more, but the idea is that there's just a higher power. What is it to you? What does it feel like when you're in contact, in conscious contact with your higher power? What does your life start to look like and feel like? How do things in your life start to orchestrate themselves when you're connected to that flow? And so that's really what we're trying to get back to. And I wanted to offer some herbal allies that I have found to be really helpful for letting go of tension, letting go of hardness in the body so that we can step back into that flow and into that grace. So the first one, I was just out in my backyard and I was like, you know what, I probably should have taken a video of me digging this thing up, but um, but I didn't. But this is burdock and this is the herb of the month that I've been talking about. Um, it grows pretty much everywhere in North America. It has this deep taproot. Now I didn't do a very successful job in digging up the full taproot, it probably goes down, I would say this is half of it. So it would have been double the length, Um, but I am a little impatient and there were lots of rocks in the soil. So this is as much as I could dig out. Um, But you can see here, I wanted to show you how big the leaves can get compared to my head. So if you see it, it grows in a basal rosette in the first year, which means that all of the leaves are growing out from a base point. So rosette is like a rose, everything is coming Mm -hmm. out from a central axis. And then it has this taproot that goes deep into the ground. And the first year plant, everything is in this basil rosette form and it has a deep tap root. You want to harvest it. Like now is a perfect time in the summer uh, is a really good time to harvest in early fall. Once you get into later fall, it starts to get really dried out. And then in the second year, it's kind of like a a spongy, mushy thing. I talk about that in the herb of the month burdock. So you can learn more about that. But the the leaves are also used medicinally. I am going to focus on the root here because the root in this case of letting go is really important um roots are really good medicines often for downward action and you know if you just think about this is called we call this a tap root because it's like taps deep into the earth and burdock root along with dandelion root and chicory root all of these are tap roots um, or have tap roots they're all in the same plant family called the asteraceae family And they all have a very downward pulling action, which makes it really good for constipation, the bowels, uh, really good liver medicines. And the liver is responsible for producing bile, and bile is a stool softener. So if our liver isn't producing adequate amounts of bile, that can also be a reason why we can have hard stools or even just... um, yeah, more difficulty having full bowel movements. The other thing that's great about this root, burdock root, is that it contains inulin, which is a soluble fiber that helps feed the healthy bacteria in your gut. And it also provides literal fiber for uh, helping bulk up your stools. And the last thing that makes this a really great plant for letting go is that it's oily. It's a very oily root. And um, I don't think I'll be able to... Let me see if I can split split it for you. So you can see it's this beautiful white, shiny. You can't really see how shiny it is, but there's a lot of oils in it. Can you see kind of that shine and that shimmer in the light? And so the oils are very moistening and relaxing for the bowels. So it's really, really good. You know, we For those of us who are holding, clenching, to have something that's oily and sweet and going to move the bowels, this is just such a good plant. And so what you can do is you can use it just like that. You can just chop it up fresh, boil it, and make a tea. You can also buy dried root, which is a little easier if you don't have access to the fresh plant. And you can uh, make a decoction, which is boiling the root or an overnight infusion. I go through a lot of ways of cooking and using burdock root um, in the Herb of the Month video, so I'll include a link in the description. So that's my first one is burdock. I think it's a really good one for letting go that downward and outward action. The second one is violet. And so these are two violet leaves. If you can't see, they are these little green heart-shaped leaves. They're so beautiful. And they're very mucilaginous. And so all of the the three plants that I chose for this video, all are what are called emollients. And emollients are salty and softening and um, a little bit... uh, Burdock is oily, but they're all very softening. So with the leaves of violet... I'm just crushing it up here my fingers, is it slimy? It has this mucilage in it that's also very, very soothing for the bowels and helps let things go. It's also very soothing for the lungs and all the mucous membranes in the body. So if we're experiencing tension, if we're experiencing dryness, if we're experiencing holding on, then violet will help soften all of those areas of dryness so that we can start to let go. Also, it has a heart signature, the leaf is heart-shaped and it's it's used to help you find um, the softness in the heart. And sometimes that can be a nice way of helping us let go is tapping and rooting back into our heart space and trusting that our heart is wise and that our heart comes from a larger heart. Burdock also has sort of heart-shaped leaves. Let me get that big one back out for you. So it also has a little bit of that heart signature. Isn't that beautiful? (laughs) All right. And then the third one I don't have, because I'm not growing it this year, and that is marshmallow root. Marshmallow root is a wonderful medicine. It's in the mallow family and um, the leaves are edible. The flowers are edible. The root is one of my favorite emollients. It's really good for softening hard things, including hard hearts, (laughs) stones in the body, blockages, and the bowels. And so if we want to have a way of really moistening and softening, marshmallow root is by far, I think, one of the strongest softening plants. Isn't that a nice contrast? It's the strongest softening plant. And for letting go That's exactly what we need. We need something to come in that we can trust, that we can say, you know what you're doing. And that's why the herbs can be great segues into deeper spiritual advancement because they can create the changes in our physiological body that can trigger our nervous system to move in a particular direction. And when our nervous system especially begins to relax and soften, it can open itself up to new things. And in this case, to a higher power that is loving and into letting go of control for our, our, you know, the external parts of our lives and controlling other people. So that's what I have for you today. I hope that was helpful and maybe gave you some things to ruminate on. And I... Would strongly recommend again if you're looking at ways of letting go. Um, if you have someone in your family who maybe has struggled with with addiction, maybe trying Al-Anon as a program. I'm not. I'm like, you know, it's like one of the things we do in Al-Anon is you don't promote Al-Anon like it's like Fight Club. Uh, there is no Fight Club. <laughs> and I will say though, uh, for a lot of people that struggle with these sorts of patterns, any sort of group. Can be very helpful. A 12 step group, a therapy group, an art group, a yoga class. Try to connect with other people because it's often in opening ourselves up to something larger, even just a larger group of people than your own chattering mind. Sometimes that can be enough. So I just want to offer that as. As an idea just a little seed dropping that in the fertile soil of this conversation and as always if you have any questions if you have any comments anything that's really helped you in the process of softening of letting go of opening up please leave those in the comment section and uh, if you haven't subscribed yet and you like this content please click the subscribe button and the notifications and you'll know when i am going to release my next video So thank you all for watching. I wish you all a wonderful rest of your day and I'll see you again soon.